All right, thank you. Thank you. Looking good, South Tampa. I want to greet those watching online. All the locations over there in Pinellas County, East St. Pete, West St. Pete, North St. Pete. Oh, no, North St. Pete's called Clearwater. So, anyways, Clearwater, West Chase. Let's see, we got North Tampa. We got the Heights. Let's go over uh, east of Brandon and South Tampa. Looking good. All right. We're glad to be here. And I uh, want to give a shout out to wow, Pastor Wow, I'm Aaron. impressed. That was good. It was good. Did I yeah, get them all? I yeah, think. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really an honor to be here. And I love that our church invests in families and parenting mm -hmm. and marriage. And, and this is an honor. If you heard Pastor Aaron's message last week, it's a foundational message to yeah. hear about parenting. And we're just going to build off that. So it's really neat to be part of a church. Because I don't know if you know, but it's crazy out there. Families are falling apart like left and right, but the church, it's something God instituted from the very beginning, and the church takes serious, and this church takes serious. So good job, Pastor Aaron. He's on, he's, you know, as you know, he's taking a break right now, and, and I love it that he's honoring what he's, he's doing, practicing what he preaches. He's on, working, well, not working, he's enriching his marriage, I guess you would say. <laughs> he's blessing his children. And we get to speak, so I'm pretty happy. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason we are up here is really because we have raised four normal children semi, to adulthood. Semi, yes. <laughs> Everybody survived, yeah. and they love Jesus, which really is the most important thing. And you heard Pastor Aaron say that last week. Yeah. When you raise children that love Jesus, you've done your job. And yeah. the other side of that is that we had our 20th grandchild this week. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? We had actually nothing to do with that, yeah. but hey. But hey, we great. know how to have kids in our family. That's <laughs> yeah. one of the things we've learned, so. Yeah, yeah. And Doug had written the book, The Perfect Parent, which you heard Pastor Aaron say is available for parents get that keyword, parents, out in the lobby so we have enough for everyone. And the thing about that is that we've got it at cost, so nobody is getting any profit out of this. Radiant Church partnered with our organization, Serving Beyond Borders, and we wanted to give that to you as a gift because freely you've received, freely, no, freely you give. <laughs> no, freely you receive, freely oh, give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get it's it like right. the gospel, anything that's free is good. So <laughs> yeah. if you're a parent, you get a free book. And it's because I tried to take yeah. your saying and I couldn't yeah. say it. Yeah. 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 So again, we want to emphasize it's, uh, we're not trying to profit off this. We, yeah. And, and we actually kept the cost down. So if, if you, Forget your Starbucks and you can buy it for like $3.80 on Amazon because <laughs> yeah. we're trying not to make profit. We just want to get tools in yeah. people's hands yeah. for God's glory. So if you would take out your notes, we're going to get ready to jump into the sermon. We have a podcast that you'll find the QR code in your notes. And what we decided was that what we were going to preach on today, we decided to drop a four-part series on that on our podcast, The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. If you like it shaken up a little bit and you want to hear about our conversations on a couch about theology and practical life, that's the place. Anybody at the XO conference? Anybody ever? Here? So you know we have no filter. And that filter really is off when we do our podcast, but I'm going to keep it a little, we might have kids here, so we'll keep it a little bit. But so we dropped this morning the podcast that expands on what we're going to talk about today. But tomorrow, Monday is usually when we drop our podcast and we're finishing up a series on prophecy. Why listen to parenting when you can talk oh, about sorry. prophecy? Does anybody excited. know what today is? <laughs> Feast of Pentecost. Yeah. Did you know that? Woo. And if you want to listen a couple episodes ago in our series on prophecy, this, the prophetic significance of the Feast of Leviticus 23. Ah, oh, Leviticus. <laughs> I know you all got excited just hearing Leviticus. My favorite book in the Bible says something about me. Literally, somebody from Brandon the other week came up to me and said, 
you know, I love your podcast, and I'm so glad Paul is there because I don't understand half time what you're saying. So she helps bring it down. So anyways. Simple for yeah. the simple. You know, hey. Two are better than one, the Bible says. So here there we go. go. So it's going to be like our podcast. Our filters are a little up, but uh, you don't ever know yeah, what you're going to get. As the day moves on, it just gets a little less yeah, and less, doesn't that's it. it? But what we want to do is, uh, this isn't just for parents. This is for everyone. Because what we do, and uh, we do a lot of talks and, and counseling with parents, young parents, and what we realized years ago is that many parents are parenting out of their own dysfunction. And the reason that it is, and I do surveys all over, but I won't do it here. Actually, I did it last service, and people started raising their hand. I'm like, don't raise your hands, you know. But I asked the question, raise your hand, don't raise your hand. But I asked them to, to signify how's that, if they've come from a broken home or from a dysfunctional family, like a alcoholic parents or something like that, and almost always over half the people, more than half, raised their hands. And it got us thinking years ago, and even in our own life, if we don't know what it means to be a good son or daughter because we were never trained well, how can we then instill that into our children to be good sons and daughters? Many of us have to learn this, and we had to learn it. And so that's what the perfect parent is about because there's only one perfect parent. It's God our Father. And for some of you today, you don't know what it means to be a good son or daughter. And we'll give an example in a second, but just discipline is the famous one. You don't know how to discipline your children, right? Because you were never disciplined. Maybe you were like me. My dad abandoned us when I was young. I never had any discipline. I just did what I want. Horrible way to be raised. Some of you, you were beat, beat severely. You think that's what discipline is. And, and so there's the radical middle. If anybody listens to our podcast, that's our, one of our taglines. There's the radical middle. And you have to learn that. And if you are here today and you had a parent, you had parents who loved Jesus and loved you and raised you right, would you take a moment, if they're still alive, and write them and text them today and say thank you? That's a great testimony. If they've gone on to be with the Lord, thank the Lord for them. That is a great thing. And for the rest of us, we're going to have to learn it from the perfect parent, our Father. So the verse that we're going to be springboarding off of today is Romans 8, 14 through 16. It's in your notes. I'm going to read it for us today. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, don't miss this, children of God. There are, oh, sorry. there are so many names for God in the Bible. There's dozens, actually, and I'm kind of a word nerd, and if you listen to our podcast, I go off on the names of God because I just really love them. They talk about the attributes of God. Each name of God talks about the attribute of God. But Jesus uses a very specific term for God, and we find in the book of Matthew over 40 times that Jesus calls God a very specific name. He calls him our Heavenly Father. So this is Bible 101. When you see things repeated over and over, they have, they have meaning. God is our heavenly father, which don't, means that we are sons and daughters. So don't just write God. that in your notes. Circle it and star it to remember. Because even when he taught us to pray, how did Jesus teach us to pray? Our father who art in heaven. Matthew 5.16, therefore be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Sorry, that's Matthew 5, 48, 5, 16. Let your light shine so that they, the men can see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. It's all throughout the book of Matthew. What was Jesus emphasizing? The fatherhood of God. And so what we want to do this morning is talk about five defining roles as a father that we can learn from our Heavenly Father so that we then can learn to identify to be good sons and daughters. 
And for you parents, when you get this and you learn this, you quit parenting out of your own dysfunction, but you start parenting like the perfect parent. You imitate him and you instill the things to raise up good sons and daughters. Yeah, so number one, and you're gonna write this in your notes, is the father as progenitor. <laughs> you're gonna have to spell check that one on yours, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we walk around using that term a lot. Starbucks, yeah, I used it last week, progenitor. No, I didn't, I'm just joking, you can laugh. Okay, so actually what it means is a person who originates another. So you know how you're doing that Bible reading plan and you had to get through the begat, the begat, the begat, the begat, that's what it is. Somebody begat somebody, he's yeah. our progenitor. Yeah, and this is how you got your name, because somebody begat you. <laughs> Never thought of it that way, right? That's it. That's, and, and so in the Bible, there's a general sense of this for all people, all humans, because all people have the image of God in them, the Imago Dei coming out of Genesis 1.27, that male and female are created in God's image. That's why this church, we are so pro-life. We believe from conception to the end of life that they are in God's image, and we hold up life and, and that's why we are so against racism and discrimination, because all people, no matter the tribe, tongue, color, anything, they are all in the image of God. That is so important. But then there's a special group, a second group, that are only don't have the Imago Dei, the image of God, but they are truly sons and daughters of God. And those are those who are born again. John 1.12 in your notes there, but as many as received them, to them he gave the right to become children of God, those who believed in his name, those who become born again, Jesus says. They become born again. Jesus even says, you were born of earthly parents, but now you're born of your heavenly father. You're born again. Second Corinthians, you're a new creation in Christ. And now God's not just some distant being, but is your heavenly father. And you'll find that because of this, as a son and daughter of the most high God, this is where we get our identity, and this is in your notes. This is where we actually learn our identity. In our book, The Perfect Parent, that's what we talk about. This is why we called it The Perfect Parent, not because we're perfect parents, and it's not about perfect parenting. It's actually about God as the perfect parent. Before you go on, I'm going to cut you off, because I want, if you ever listen to it, I like rabbit trails. Foundations people, <laughs> you know my rabbit trails. And, and one of the things is, again, who are you? Do you know who you are? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Do I know who I am? Write that in your notes. Do you know who you are? Do you know who your daddy is? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? <laughs> Do you know? Do you identify by your job or by your status? Is that how you're, is where your identification comes from? Or do you identify by your heavenly father? That's so important because we meet so many young people now. They don't know who they are. That's why Jesus, I mean, Romans, it says they're Abba, Father. Abba is the term for endearment like Papa. Daddy, Daddy God, Father God, Papa. And, you know, kids love to brag about their parents. They love to brag about their good parents. My mom bakes a great thing, or my mom's smarter than your mom, or my dad can beat up your dad. But, you know... No, 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 wait a second. Our kids never said that. <laughs> I'm the one pastor who doesn't CrossFit, so I never was going to beat up anybody. So. But, you know, really what this is, it's a form of worship. It is. When your kids look up to you and you model to them the things that are good, it's a form of worship. And when we look at that in light of how we relate to God as our Heavenly Father, we want to brag about our Father. It's what we do on Sunday morning, what you just did and what you're going to continue to do. We worship because we recognize that He is worthy of it. Another rabbit trail real quick. This is why there are three peeps of groups of people in here. There are those who you get it and you want to brag about your 
daddy, your papa. And that's why you worship with reckless abandon. And then there are some of you, you don't get this right now. You're like, what do you mean God's my father? I don't get this, and you've never experienced this, and I get that. You don't understand worship. But it's a middle group that I want to speak to for a second. You've been born again. You're saved. There was a moment in the past where you realized God is your father. But why don't you brag about him in worship? Why are you sitting there on your phone or staring out the wall when we're all excited bragging about how awesome our papa is? Ooh, that's convicting. Let's move on, Paul. Okay. Yeah. This is your job, remember. Okay. <laughs> Number two, one of the roles that we see is God the Father as our provider. Matthew 6 says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For even the Gentiles seek after all these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. This is in the context of Jesus talking about, look at the birds in the air. They're not worried about what they'll eat. And look at the lilies in the field. They're not worried about what they wear. They look, they're dressed better than Solomon in all his splendor. Now, I don't know much about birding and all that, but I've never seen a bird smoking weed going, man, where am I going to get my next meal? Oh, I'm so stressed. I'm not seeing that. Why? Because they know sometimes better than us that their father's going to take care of them. Now, this isn't a car blanc, go play video games, and God's going to drop a job and money in your lap, okay? No, the birds have to get out the nest to find the worm, okay? Let's not, let's not over-presume on God. But why are, we, why are we so stressed? Why do we have to turn to alcohol? Why do we have to turn to drugs and all these things? Wait, when I say alcohol, I'm talking drunkenness, okay? I got a letter last time. Like, you said I got a glass of water? Hey, you, do, you do you, okay? But the, Bible's, <laughs> but the Bible's against drunkenness. You know, why do you have to self-medicate because you're stressed out? Birds don't do that. Because maybe they can teach us some theology is what Jesus was saying. Yeah, and from this, we learn stability from our Heavenly Father. In The Perfect Parent, we talk about creating a good environment. And, you know, oftentimes when we talk about that with parents, they, they think bigger house, better stuff. It's not that. It's a household of peace and a household that works well, rich, poor, whatever it is. Because God created a good environment for us, and he continues to create a good environment for us. Yeah, and so how many kids are growing up? seeing their parents stressed out and worried. And that's the question you have to ask yourself. You can write it there in your notes. Do I worry about the future? Your kids don't learn stability and stuff because you can't trust God. Because God's not going to take care of you. you got to figure it out on your own. That's kind of how I was. You know, I grew up again. My father abandoned us, so I just got to figure it out on my own. Then I realized, no, God takes care of us. He provides. He's a good father. Yeah, number three, God is our protector. I want to read Isaiah 54 to you. It's a familiar verse for many of us, but we miss part of it. It says, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises up against you in judgment. We use that. It's our spiritual declaration, right? Spiritual warfare. But we miss the second part where it says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Yeah, and Paul goes on in Second uh, Thessalonians and talks about how the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Now, some of you, this, this might be hard. Like, wait a minute, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know what somebody did to me. But this is, okay, God didn't protect me. He allowed this to happen. Yeah, it happened, and God allowed it in his sovereign plan. I don't know why the Father allowed it, but you know what I know? The Father is going to vindicate it. Yeah. This is why we believe so strongly in God. This is the great apologetics to an atheist. Because you always say to an atheist, oh, I guess the evil person got away with it, right? I guess the abuser got away with it. You know, they abused the child and they died and, hey, they got away with it. No, 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 no. See, an atheist has no answer. We have an answer. God will vindicate it in the end. Yes. So that's why we trust God as our father. Because 
He, things are, there's sin in this world. Have you found that out? But one day he's going to make it right. And one day everything's going to be held accountable. So with this, we can learn security. God protects his people and he vindicates his people. Paula read that. He vindicates us. Yes. If we've had something done to us. And that gives us great comfort in the midst of this chaotic world. And in the perfect parent, we talk about setting boundaries, that boundaries are good. And actually, boundaries come from God to protect us. You know, no good parent doesn't set boundaries for their kids. Don't touch this. Don't do that. That's what God does for us. Yeah, are you the kind of parent like, hey, kid, here's a knife. Go put it in the socket over there and see what happens. You know, is that what you do? Hey, why don't you go run in the street, you know, and see if you can dodge your cars at four years old. No, no, you put boundaries. Why do you do that? Because you love it. Why does God put boundaries around you? You know, well, I'm an American. I can sleep with who I want. No, you can't. Look at the consequences going on in our society and all the broken and devastation we see. God put those boundaries up for, a, for your good. How? Yeah, wait, wait. Come on, Paula. Keep me, keep me. I What's the question we need to ask? So our question is, do I live in fear that my heavenly father doesn't care? And you need to ask yourself that today. Do I actually live in fear? Because if you are, you are not living understanding that God is your protector. Because he is. Yeah. Bad things happen. God cares. And there's justice. So think about this in light of even parenting. But not even just parenting, in your own life. How do you set your own boundaries? What does that look like for you to say, you know, no, I'm not going to do that? Because God wouldn't do that. Which leads us to the another, fourth point, and that's God is our coach. Now, we want to be careful here. Yo, you coach. Know, yeah, coach. You know, <laughs> when you were praying, like, yo, coach. You know, no, no. But what does a coach do? Think about it. Going along with that and setting boundaries and stuff. Okay, here's the play we're going to run. This is what your role is on the team and stuff like that. Run my play, and then if you go out and try to do your own thing, what's he going to do? You're going to be benched. That's what coaches do, and that's what God does. And what we learn from this, and don't miss this, write this in, and might want to circle this one. We learn obedience and discipline. It says there in scriptures, uh, for, God, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. And then obedience, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Some of us, this is just too much, you know, like boundaries. I didn't grow up any boundaries. Like I say, 13 years old, I did what I want. I ran the streets, came home when I want, left when I want. Not a good thing for a child. And I bear the scars of that. And some of us, we don't understand discipline at all. It either means a beating or you just don't even know it. Like me, I never had it. That's why I thrived in the military because I finally learned discipline. I just had a conversation with someone after the last service and they were talking about this in the sense of that the Christian life is a walk, and you have to recognize that. You know, you don't just play a game. You play a season, right? It's a walk. You need to walk in obedience and discipline and understand that God does that because he actually loves us. And we talk about this in The Perfect Parent. We talk about how God, a good father, gives responsibility, right? Yeah. And, and the second part of that is you keep your word. Because you know what? Kids can spot a hypocrite a mile away. Right? So when you say it, mean it. Keep your word. Yeah, you want to Very mess up your important. kids here, we'll help you if you want to mess up, grow up messed up kids, you know? <laughs> Just lie to them and do the subtle lying. I'm not going to tell you again. That's the last time I'm telling you. One more time. Think about it. You're, you're lying. You said to the child that was the last time, and then it wasn't the last time. And so now the child can't trust you, so he's going to keep pushing the envelope. And think about it. God always keeps his word. That's yeah. the perfect parent. You know, 
Yeah, the, the, the rabbit trail. No, I got to tell him. I knew it was coming. Our son, our, yeah, our son, a Marine, he's transitioning. He's going to, you can't say that in this time. <laughs> no, he's moving. <laughs> he's moving. Okay, yeah. Sorry. He's moving. That's, that's to the, a different the place, filter yeah. I need. He's moving, getting stationed. And, and he's here with Sorry, his six Josh. children. So he's out, yeah, he's out there in Brandon. So you can ask him if we're good parents or not. You can ask him if we're all hypocrites. But anyways. They've been living with us as six kids for a couple of days. They were there, and six kids in the house. Well, you parents, our prayers went up for you again. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But there's a two-year-old, cutest little girl. Oh, she's so cute. But, but she's two, and I found out her and I have a culture clash when I say the word no. And, <laughs> and you ever watched a two-year-old throw a tantrum? <sighs> you ever watch a 30-year-old throw a tantrum? I can't believe God did this to me. Why didn't I get what I want? <laughs> Stop that. God loves you, and that's why he said no. For your good. And this became real, real, real to me. Just, sorry, I'm going to go off. Protect me. But anyway. He has a microphone. I can't do a whole lot. <laughs> Tell you, give me the Holy Spirit and the Red Bull. I'll preach all day. But anyway, so, so literally a couple weeks ago, I've been praying for something for 2014, and I felt like this was the time that God was going to bring breakthrough. So I went on a prayer and fasting for breakthrough, you know, Woo, all the way for Jesus. I'm going to see breakthrough. I'm going to get what I wanted. And it wasn't two days into this, and the exact opposite thing I was expecting breakthrough happened, and I got punched right in the gut. And I fell on the ground just crying, and I threw my little tantrum. Good, why? Because I don't know how. I still struggle with this a God who disciplines correctly because I didn't grow up. And I'm like, God, why did this happen? And then I realized I was being disciplined. I was not going to use it for God's glory, but more for my selfishness. And I didn't want that, but it was, was good for me. And after I got done crying, this isn't like hyper-spiritual. I just started worshiping because discipline reminds me because it says those whom he loves, he disciplines. If you don't love your child, you won't discipline them. But if you love them, you will. And you'll never be too old or perfect yet that you may not, that you're never going to need discipline if you get off rails. So our question would be, am I an obedient son or daughter? It's amazing to me how many parents want their kids to obey them and they don't obey God. Ouch. Number five would be, the source of loyal love. God, our Father, as the source of loyal love. We couldn't really come up with a good word for this. It was really hard. We, what were some of the words we wanted well, we're to We were going to say God is our lover, but that's it weird, right? Weird. Yeah. God is our affirmer. Mm, can't do that one either. <laughs> you know, like, eh, you know, that would be weird too. So what could we call? So we just literally had to say the source of loyal love because it comes from a Hebrew word that we can't translate well. Yeah, the word is chesed. And it's the same word that we find in Lamentation 3 about God and his faithful, loyal, co covenantal love. Hard word, you know, to get. But the idea is because I, many of you probably speak other languages in here, you don't always have translation to translation. It just doesn't work like that. But when you think about God and his loyal love, it means that covenantal agape, that's another Bible word that love that we can't even hardly do as humans because we don't have the ability. But you know who does have the ability? God has the ability. So because he has this loyal chesed love towards us, we can have that in our own lives toward others and our children. And from this, we learn love and honor. We learn love and honor. Most of us, we get the love part, but the honor part's very interesting. So many of us, if you didn't grow up with good parents, you don't really get this. I always remember, I'm like, I'm a high school kid, you know, like, hey, you want to go do drugs? Let's go do drugs. And I remember some of my friends, like, 
no, I can't do that. Like, why? Like, my dad would kill me. I don't want to do that against my dad. And I didn't get it. I kind of made fun of them, those kids. And then I realized how much more righteous they were because they wanted to honor their dad. And it really affected me. Honor is a big thing. And, it, and, and really, it causes us to ask a question. Because so many of us ask the wrong questions, don't we? Yeah, we do. I mean, we get this answer, or we get this question a lot from singles because we deal a lot with singles. And they'll say, like, how far is too far sexually? How far can, can I go I to go? first base? Can I go to second base? No, what, are we playing baseball? What are you <laughs> yeah. No, but we're always trying to get close to the line, aren't we? You know, how much can I cheat on my taxes before it's wrong? How much can I, you know, fudge the expense account before it's wrong? We always want to do... We just did this with our grandkids because we watched a movie with them. Because, you know, what do we always say with the movie? What, what was it? Was it R? You know, was it NC-17? You know, we want to live by law. We want to get as close to the edge as we can. Well, we watched, what, was it G, I think, or PG? It was a horrible, evil movie. It was car, And I'm like, I'm sitting with my grandkids. We had to and it was a cartoon. It was a cartoon <laughs> one. We thought it was going to be funny. The lying that was in it, the little deceit and living and treating people wrong. And we had to say, you know, God hates lying. It's one of his top seven in the Proverbs 6. And we had to debrief. See, if we would have just gone by law, it was fine. But if we wanted to honor our dad, why would we honor our dad by laughing at lying? Mm. See, it's the question we need to ask ourselves. Do I honor my heavenly father? You need to write that in your notes. Do I honor my heavenly father? Because God does everything in love for us. We, in turn, can love other people covenantally, supernaturally, because we can look to the perfect parents. Everything we do is in love because everything God does is in love for us. For some of you, this is kind of a strange idea, and it was for me at one time, especially, I want to speak to parents too, about parenting. See, we were parents of young kids, and I realized I was parenting out of dysfunction. And how it came to me was actually one night we were laying in bed and we were watching an old TV show called The Wonder Years. Some of you are old enough to remember that. It's a story about a boy named Kevin and it's looking at his childhood through adult eyes and looking back and reflecting back on it. And there was this episode we were watching where Kevin and his dad got into a big fight and he kind of ran away. And the end of the story, they reconcile and Kevin's dad hugs him and is like, I love you, son. And they're, I lost it. I literally lost it. I just started crying and weeping uncontrollable. We, Paul is freaking out. <laughs> what, what's wrong with you? Because <laughs> I wanted that from my dad. My dad never did come back home. He lived across town and abandoned me. He never came back to the house and just hugged me and said, Doug, I love you. And I just felt that. And I, movie just, I mean, I just felt that in that show. Why didn't dad ever hug me and tell me he loved me? It wasn't then, but not too long afterwards, in a moment I had with the Lord, a quiet moment, the Lord spoke to my heart saying, Doug, I'm your father now, and I love you. Don't look, don't judge ever God by your earthly fathers. Judge your earthly fathers by God. He's the perfect father, and he said, I love you, Doug. And I felt that joy that every child wants from a father. My story is a little bit different. My father didn't leave the home, but he was very distant. Um, he was a very wealthy, white-collar alcoholic, and so he was a workaholic, and he didn't, he didn't come home a lot. He wasn't there for us. Um, and because of that, I sought affection and approval in relationships outside of my family with boys, and Doug being one of them. 
and really lived a sinful life. Some of you know my past, some of you don't, but I sinned greatly against God. But it wasn't until I, I became a believer, and then, but it really wasn't until the point of accepting God as a heavenly father because I didn't see God in the way because I saw him through my dad. And so he was always distant. He wasn't there. He was out there. He didn't come home. He wasn't there for me. But, you know, through that, when I had my moment, similar to what Doug had, I could forgive my own father because I recognized that God had forgiven me. And it was through that I could come to the point of accepting God as not out there, not static and distant, but he actually was really a father who actually loved and cared for me. And it changed our relationship with God, didn't it? It did. And that's, that's very important for everyone to hear. Be gracious to your parents. God has forgiven you, and you need to forgive them. And don't make excuses. You might not have had a great parent. Don't use that as an excuse not to become better. I thank the Lord for my dad because I learned what I wanted to be, and now I've become able to become a good husband and a good father by not making excuses. I'd like for everyone in all campuses, everyone, would you just stand with me, please? I want to create a moment right now because this is the Feast of Pentecost. In church history, this is the day that the Holy Spirit came and filled the people who were in Jerusalem, and it became the beginning of the church because the church is people who are born again filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can read our book and listen to our podcast, but if you don't know the Lord God is your Father and have received His Holy Spirit. You're just going to parent in the flesh and that it'll be okay, but it won't be life-changing. You need the Lord and you need to become born again. And for some of you, you have done that, but you can't worship and brag about your Father because you don't know who you are. You realize now you've got to get your identity from God, not from what you, how much money you make or the size of your house or your job or anything like that. Your children, some of you get your identity from your children. No, you got to get your identity from your Father in heaven. Some of you live with worry. Will, we, will I have enough tomorrow? Will my Father take care of me? Some of you live in fear. Your life is a fearful life. Some of you right now, the Holy Spirit speaking to you saying, you're dishonoring me. You're not living obedient life. You're not honoring your Father in heaven. We want to give you a moment now as we get ready to worship. To come before your Father and come clean to Him and say, Father, I want to be a good son. I want to be a good daughter. And the best way you can start off with that is by bragging about Daddy. Let's brag about our Daddy. Let's be that little kid and say, you know what? You know how awesome my dad is? You know how goodness he is to me? You know the goodness that's running after me? I don't have to worry. I know who I am, and I know who my father is, and I know I have a new life in him. I'm not like the world. I'm like a son and a daughter of the living God. If that is you, you better work, worship like a little son and daughter who wants to brag about their great father in heaven. Let's worship.
And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I'll see all the goodness of God I want to read a story to you. It's a true story. It's in a book called The Whisper Test. I grew up knowing I was different and I hated it. I was born with a cleft palate and when I started school, my classmates made it clear to me how I looked to others. A little girl with a misshapen lip, crooked nose, lopsided teeth, and garbled speech. When schoolmates asked me, what happened to your lip? I'd tell them I'd fallen and cut it on a piece of glass. Somehow it seemed more acceptable to have suffered an accident than to have been born different. I was convinced that no one outside my family could love me. There was, however, a teacher in the second grade whom we all adored, Mrs. Leonard by name. She was short, round, happy, a sparkling lady. Annually, we had a hearing test. Mrs. Leonard gave the test to everyone in the class, and finally it was my turn. I knew from past years that as we stood against the door and covered one ear, the teacher sitting at the desk would whisper something like, the sky is blue, or do you have new shoes? And then we would have to repeat it back. I waited there for those words that God must have put into her mouth, those seven words that changed my life. Mrs. Leonard said in her whisper, I wish you were my little girl. God says to every person here, deformed by sin, I wish you were my son. I wish you were my daughter. I've used that story for years and I still choke up. I remember being dead in my sins. I remember being lost with no hope. And that's exactly what I heard. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Some of you right now, your heart is in your throat. God loves me. God wants me to be a son and his daughter. But don't you know what I've done? Don't you know who I am? And God goes, yeah, I've seen everything. And I nailed it all to the cross. My son took all that. And I'll forgive you everything. And I'll give you a new life right now. Have you ever done that? I'm giving you an opportunity at every campus in a moment to accept the gospel. You don't have to do anything to become his son or daughter. You just have to believe that God loved you so much he gave his son to die for all that messed upness, all that ugliness in you, and to forgive you and give you new life. Can you believe that and accept that forgiveness? That Christ rose from the dead. He's alive and he's going to come back and take you into his kingdom. That's the gospel. Is today your day to become a son or a daughter of God? Across all campuses, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you a chance. I want to let the Spirit speak into your heart right now. And if this is your day, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. And it's not raising your hand that says, saves you. It's not any prayer that we're going to say that saves you. It's simply the fact 
that you're placing your faith right now in the finished work of God's Son. If God is saying, today's your day, I want you to be my son, I want you to be my daughter, will you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Just slip your hand up and say, yeah, today's my day. Thank you. Hallelujah. I see those hands all over all the campuses. God is seeing you. And God's saying right now to you, I love you. Welcome home. Welcome home. All of us at all campuses, would you say this prayer after me, please? For you, this may be your first time and say it with reckless abandon. Dear God, I come in the name of Jesus to accept your love. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for my sins, to forgive me my sins, and that he rose from the dead. And that today, I turn from my past and I'm turning to you and believing in this great love. And today, I'm calling you my heavenly Father. And all God's people said, amen. Let's give it up to those who just made the greatest decision one can make.